Hey, business building warrior, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got another great guest episode today where we're interviewing a student who's succeeding with the proven Amazon course. He's only a few months in. He just had about a $20,000 a month at great brush up margins that we discussed today. He's talking about some of the strategies on how he finds the products that he's going to sell. He's using the replen strategy, how he heard about our community, a friend, a very successful student from the area where he lives, which happens to be near where I live, told him about this community and he jumped in with both feet and he's building a beautiful business. Just a, a young family, he and his wife are pregnant as they announced today, uh, just on their way to some great things. I think you're going to appreciate his heart and his attitude. He's very transparent. He hasn't figured it all out yet but it's going really well and he has big aspirations for the future, including going full-time in e-commerce, as you'll soon hear him talk about. They are coming to our Orlando event in May of 2024, along with hundreds of other listeners to this show. You can get details on that event at this website. It's three words, theprovenconference.com. Go check it out. We're putting up details by the time this episode comes out. Tickets may already be on sale. If not, they will be approximately mid-January. VIP tickets will sell out. They have every year. This is our 12th year doing this event. VIP sells out every year. So if you want to come VIP, make sure and get those very quickly when they go on sale. General admission, there'll be plenty of room for many others. We've got a nice big resort that we're going to, a nice big conference room. You're going to absolutely love this event. Go find out more about it at theprovenconference.com. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the introduction today. We're going to get right into it, but there are some tools that are mentioned today. And I want to make sure you realize that quite often when we mention tools and resources on this show, there'll be links in the show notes quite often to significant discounts on those tools. So be sure to check out those. And they are typically our affiliate links as well, but we negotiate great reduced rates on a lot of the tools and resources that our sellers use around here. So take advantage of that. I think that's a good introduction. Let's jump over and meet Evan and hear about his new but quickly growing and thriving Amazon Replens business. Enjoy this episode. So Evan, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's really cool to have you on board the show. Uh, I know a little bit about your story, but I'm eager to dive into your story, man. Let's go. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know anything about my story, my journey with e-commerce started a little bit out of the blue back in 2021, um, back when the Pokemon card market kind of started to explode during the era of COVID and um, Logan Paul posting videos about Pokemon cards, old rare collections. And so I went into my closet one day, pulled out all my old childhood cards and listed them on eBay, made a couple hundred bucks and said, I'm just going to reinvest this and see what happens. I bought some collections, kind of repackaged them, repurposed them, and listed little packs of 200 cards on Facebook Marketplace, uh, not knowing what was going to happen. Next thing I know, I'm getting 10, 20, 30 orders a day at $20 a piece. So you can do the math with that. But I very quickly realized I need to put a lot of time and effort into this. This could be big. And as the year went on, I had just started college at Butler University here in Indianapolis. But I was spending, yeah, go dogs. (laughs) I was spending probably three to five hours a day working on this plus my schoolwork just because I was so passionate about it. So long story short, I did that throughout college and that built up a nice little nest egg that I I just saved up and invested in stocks, kept some in cash. Um, And so fast forward to now 2023 
gotten married, I've graduated, and I'm heading up to a conference with some people from my church. And one of my friends is telling me about a buddy of his who does Amazon. And I said, oh, that's really interesting. Uh, what does he do? And he basically explained to me, he sends product to the warehouses and makes amazing money. And I said, can you please connect me with this guy? Because I had that that knack and that passion for entrepreneurship, but I just didn't really have a way to channel it. I was working a finance job out of out of college. So I met up with him, we got coffee, and he basically explained to me, I'm not going to charge you to for me to coach you. Just go take the course I took. It's literally only $39 a month. It's run by a Christian man who has great values, wants to bring dads home. There's a purpose and a reason for it. And he said, I'll never forget this, Jim. He said, it's called Proven Amazon Course for a Reason. <laughs> and I heard that and I was feeling very confident. I was like, all right, like he he means it. So long story short, that's how I found the community. And and that was just remember, earlier this year, you're saying, 2023? Yeah. So that was, so I graduated in May and then I started a nine to five right out of school. And then I found out about Proven Amazon course in late September, early October. Okay. Well, I mean, you were talking just a few months ago at this point then. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. So it's been a whirlwind. So feel free to ask those kinds of questions. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot's happened very quickly. I mean, you're, you've laid down a beautiful foundation for just a fantastic life. I mean, I jumped back in time to where, and I was kind of your age, just coming out of college, thrilled to get a job paying in the, I think it was 20 something thousand a year was my salary. And I was thrilled. That's <laughs> getting married you know, with marriage prospects on the horizon, uh, my wife was going to be a sophomore, you know, going, when we got married in college and just, wow, the internet opportunities didn't exist then. So I look at a yeah. guy that's your age with a trajectory and path you're on, paying attention to the kind of content and concepts that you're diving into, the financial forecast for where you're heading at this point, even just a few months in, you're with the right people, you got the right attitude, you're going to do such tremendous things, man. I can't wait to see how this plays out for you guys. And when did you get married? What was the month? So I turned 21 in May and then got married four days later. So <laughs> May gotcha. 28th. And I, and I am all about guys who are listening to this. If you're young, marry the right girl, young, yes. all about, because we're going to celebrate our 30th anniversary here this year in June of 2024. Thank you. And the the only regret I have is that we dated for too long, three plus years. Like I should have married her six months after me. Like she was the right girl, man. And and like yeah. you find the right girl, you marry young. Now here's the cool thing, dude. And you probably haven't even done this math yet. And we'll get off this topic in a minute, but I've got my first grandkid and here I am yeah. active and having fun and holding this little guy thinking, I'm going to teach him how to play basketball. I'm going to be able to play in the yard with this. I'm not going to be 80 as a grandpa, you know, yes. <laughs> I'm in my early fifties, mid fifties. Yeah. I've still got a lot of time left because we married young, but relatively not as young as you, yeah. but that's the benefit yeah. you get, man. And a lot of other benefits too, but yeah, congratulations, dude. Well, I love it. So on that topic, I should add in now, my wife and I just found out a week or two ago that we're pregnant with our first child so awesome. uh, it's public information scene. i take it if not it is now yeah, <laughs> yeah i asked before i came on because this will come out in a week or two yep. but our our church doesn't 
fully know, um, but our family and elders do. So, okay. well, it'll uh, be a week or two. This episode will probably drop you yeah. know, mid January at the Sudas, so you'll be all right there for a yeah. couple of weeks, man. But it's <laughs> yeah. awesome. But congratulations! It was, it was very much of thank you. It was very much a thing of like, uh, like you said, it's like first of all, I, I care more about having more time with kids and grandkids, et cetera than worrying as much about the financial side, because I know at the rate we're going, we'll be okay financially. And then the second part that I wanted to share was my elder and one of my really good friends had a conversation with me talking about having kids young and basically was like, what's holding you back? Are your reasons for waiting biblical or are they worldly? Mm. Um, And we just talked about that for a while. And he said this thing, he said, Christ doesn't withhold any good thing from his bride that she wants if it's according to his will. And he's like, if your bride wants a child and is according to the will of God, like you shouldn't withhold that from her. And I was like, all right, I'm sold. Like <laughs> that's all I need to hear. And that's so good. that was that was just really amazing. You know, advice. even from a historical context, you don't have to go back that far in history to, you know, I was reading about uh, and we'll get back to e-commerce in a minute for the listener's sake, but this is all such valuable content. I think that, you know, someone needs to hear this stuff too. Every episode, we kind of riff on these topics, but I was reading early U.S. history and you've heard of the Pony Express, right? Yeah. That how mail was delivered on horses before we had any other means of doing so. Do you know that those guys were between the ages of eight, nine years old, up to 14 on average? Like that, there were nine, 10 year olds riding across country, hundreds and hundreds of miles you know, fighting the elements and wild animals and whatever, you know, Indian tribe they might encounter if it was violent and like just all kinds of craziness at that age. So by the time they were teenagers, you know, they were, there was no adolescence, in other words, like you're the mm-hmm. boy, or you're a man, right? And that's kind of the model that so much of our culture understood up until now we got this adolescence that stretches into your forties for yes. some, it's like big gaming in your yes. mom's basement till you're, yeah, like, that's teenager. not, that's, you know, you can expect more out of guys, man. And, and uh, so, yeah. yeah, congratulations. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I do not like that advice that says, yeah, explore the world, find yourself, wait till you're in your thirties and then settle down. Like there's so much toxic about that. Never mind the biological ramifications, especially for ladies, man. It's like, but you know, topics for another day, perhaps, but yeah, congratulations, super happy for you. And, and, um, yeah, it's going to be a beautiful thing. Yeah. Can't wait to, to see the little guy or lady, whatever it happens to be. And that's so that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> beautiful well let's, uh, let's get back to e-commerce man and like tell me tell me what you're doing how'd you go from pokemon cards to amazon and and what strategy you're pursuing how's that working out for you yeah so with, with the switch from pokemon to amazon i i actually funnily enough had tried amazon with pokemon cards back when i was doing that and i, I remember i had no clue how to use amazon i tried to list on some private label version. It was like a branded bundle of Pokemon cards. And I I tried to sell on it and it was like, you're not allowed to do this. I had no clue. So I just quit, closed my account. But then when I found out that there was a way to do it, that was proven to be consistent, simple, easy, and low barrier to entry, as well as um, very low risk, I was pretty much sold. So I started taking the courses, um, the replens course that Jimmy Smith does and OA Simplified those were the two that uh, Colin had told me to take. And so I I started listening to those like four to six hours a day at my nine to five. So I'd be doing my work, listening to modules. Right. And I'm starting to get really eager. Like, I'm like, this is so like foolproof. I just want to get after it, but I feel so chained down right now having to come into the office every day. 
but I was doing what I could on the side, right? I was buying like a thermal label printer. I was figuring out how to get boxes. I was sourcing an hour or two a day where I could. And eventually it got to a point where I was like, all right, I'm going to send in my first test batch. So at this point, right, I've finished the courses. I've sourced and found maybe five to 10, 15 products. And I figured out how to prep and ship them. Um, and so I send in my first batch and then just wait. Right. And you can stop me if I'm getting too far ahead. No, I'm taking, our... I'm just taking some notes. One thing I did want to clarify though, since, since you pause your story, don't lose your place, but all those modules you just mentioned, they're all part of the Proven Amazon course. Some people don't realize that Proven Amazon course is a library of content. And you mentioned a couple of modules that your friend suggested you get started with, and that's what got you rocking. So so make sure folks understood that, but no, yeah, you're doing yeah. great, buddy. Keep it, keep it rolling. Yeah. So, so those two modules being within the proven Amazon course, which at first I didn't know I opened up pack and I was like, where do I go? Uh, sure. There was so many options, but luckily I had someone to guide me, which is just highlights the importance of community and and knowing other people who have been successful. But yeah, so I started teaching myself all those things. And then once I'd sent in my first shipment after, you know, weeks of freaking out about tiny details and trying to fix everything down to the tiniest detail, um, sent it in and just waited until everything got checked in. And when I saw my first sales, uh, pretty much immediately, I was like, as soon as they were available for prime, I was like, wow, this really does work. Even if you have zero reviews, brand new seller, Mm -hmm. if the keeper drops are there, if the, if the ASIN moves quickly, like it's pretty much, you know, foolproof, um, so long as you're in a reasonable price range. Yeah, proof. You had proof of concept, buddy. Really, pretty fast. I love it. What were you yeah. selling without giving away your exact ASINs? What what items? Oh, you sure. Yeah, I don't mind sharing. Um, so my first my first ever sale was a a wood filler glue. So just a random product in the tools department. Yeah, yeah. tools and home improvement. Um, Which is a good place to start. Way- yeah, hardware, yeah. tools, that sort of thing. You're you're very likely as a new seller. That's one of about five or six categories where you're very unlikely to be ungated as a new seller. So we tend to to push new sellers in that direction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because because that is a challenge you face at first as you get really intimidated because you're not ungated in a lot of categories. Um, but I remember posting in the group, and either you or someone else was just like, just start selling what you can, and you'll get ungated and other things eventually. And you're right. So. But yeah, I guess I should talk a little bit more also about how I first started sourcing, because I think for any of you who are new, one of the biggest and scariest challenges is finding your kind of rhythm of how you source. I mean, I spent weeks trying to figure out how to do it consistently, because it felt like some days I would find five listings and some days I would find zero, and I'd just be really frustrated. But what I would recommend for new sellers is, first of all, not being afraid of storefront stocking. So they talk about this in the OA Simplified course, but that's a great place to get started if you're brand new. Tools like SellerAmp were very helpful where you can go through other sellers' storefronts and just evaluate their listings, see if you can source those products profitably. I'm pretty sure we got um, a discount on SellerAmp too. Yeah, we'll stick a link in the show notes really? if we do. I'm pretty sure we do. But have you been through the advanced keep a sourcing training yet? Yeah, I was going to talk about that next. Cool. That's okay, because that's another one that really dives deep on that subject yeah. of storefront stocking. And and we have a few people that are like, what is that? How do I do that? And we can talk about that too, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'd like to get that seller amp discount because I, <laughs> I 
I actually think I just bought the annual plan, but oh well. Yeah, so you want to talk about the advanced Keepa ones? Yeah, just what is storefront stocking when you say that? Like, what's oh, that mean to yeah. you? I, I love when newer sellers kind of put these topics in their own terms because people have maybe heard me say it many times before, but to hear yeah. someone else say it from a slightly different perspective and and vantage point, sometimes something clicks for people. So yeah, yeah. what is what is this storefront stocking thing you're talking about? Yeah, so so with Amazon, right? Storefront stocking is not unethical or, or against the rules because the whole concept of what we do with the replen the replens model is you're joining other sellers on listings um, where you know the product sells enough that everyone can get a piece of the pie, right? So when you do storefront stocking, you're going on another store's storefront and you're getting to see all their listings through your tool, whether it's seller amp or you're just going on their Amazon uh, link. And what you can do with that is you can go one by one through their listings and see if um, you can source that product profitably and, and sell on that listing. And it's a lot easier than you'd think. But what that does is it allows you to essentially have a whole new world of leads. If the store is good, um, you're going to get a bunch of leads to different products. They, they might be out of stock. They might not be, but it gives you ideas. Sometimes you can still list on those listings. Yeah. So very good. Um, and you can't tell for sure how quick an item is selling based on looking at a seller's storefront. You don't know which of them are winners and which of them are losers that they're trying to get rid of, but it does give you a great insight into what other sellers are doing. And you, you can find mm -hmm. some, some big wins, some very low hanging fruit that way. Absolutely. But you know, one thing like my, my storefront gets stocked constantly, right? It's which I just, I know we've got about 2000 listings. It doesn't bother me a bit. That's fine because I'm selling on ASINs that are moving quick enough and I'm selling at a high enough price typically too. I sell above the buy box a lot. I don't care how many other sellers hop on there. It's kind of irrelevant to me, right? Even if the price starts to drop, I'll hold my price high enough. And have you done any of that, the selling above the buy box pricing yeah. strategies? Have you played with that at all yet? Yeah. And actually I'll answer that, but that brings up a question I've been wondering about because I've seen you post that so much. How many, how many reviews does your store have at this point? How if many reviews? Well, the premise behind your yeah. question is that gives me an advantage somehow, right? To have a lot yeah, of reviews, right? But here's the here's mm -hmm. the thing. Have you need to go back if you haven't? Maybe you already have. Have you heard podcast episode five hundred and fifty four? Yeah, the one where I about. talk about the rationale behind why the above buy box works yes. so well. Yes, I have listened to that. It's based on <laughs> talk about the geographic distribution, right? Mm -hmm. So. You, just as a reminder for the for the listeners who haven't heard that episode, then I'll I'll address your question as well. Obviously, it's a great question, and because that is one of the first pushbacks I get from newer sellers, especially is like, "Well, Jim, you've got this experienced seller account. You've been doing this a long time. That's the advantage. That's why you can sell above buy box. It has nothing to do with how long I've been selling. It has to do with the proximity of my inventory to the person who wants it quickly. That's right, what it right. has okay. to do, with, right? Yeah. Because. I can tell you like when my wife is shopping on Amazon and we've got a party at eight o'clock tonight and it's 4 p.m. and there's one more thing that she needs, she's not looking at the seller review indicator. She could care less. All she knows is it's in a warehouse near enough to us that she could have it in two hours. That's the only thing she cares yeah. about. Now, I'm not saying everybody shops that way all day, every day on Amazon, but I'm saying millions of people do. So you right. can price well above buy box on fast moving items and there isn't anyone that's going to pick apart your seller rating. Now, the one caveat I'll give is if your seller rating is, say, you know, 40% because you're just disastrous, some sell, some buyers 
might notice that and might hesitate a little bit to buy from you occasionally. Mm -hmm. But there's no big advantage over, you know, a couple thousand accelerating versus, you know, three accelerating okay. when it comes to, yeah. because you ask, and here's another, here's more proof of what I'm saying. You talk to a hundred people who shop on Amazon regularly and say, when you buy from Amazon, did you know that you're buying from small third-party sellers? 99% of them will go, I had no idea. No. What are you talking about? I've had that conversation, yeah. Right? They've never heard of such a thing. They don't know what it means that they've got all these sellers to choose from. They think they're just buying from different warehouses that Amazon owns or something. Like, they don't even know what all that means, right? Yeah. So there's literally an immeasurable difference between you listing above buy box and someone who's been doing Amazon for years listing above buy box. That's the point I'm making. So the premise of your question is, that that matters, it really doesn't. More evidence that it doesn't is we're hearing from all kinds of new sellers yep. who are having success well, with that strategy. I'm glad that's the answer because that's a bunch of great content for the listeners. Yeah, yeah but, it's, uh, it's a good yeah, news for you as well as a fairly new seller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but to answer your question, I have tried it, and I, I personally haven't had any success with it. Now, I'm wondering if it's because I'm not patient enough because I'll try it for maybe a week. I don't, I don't wait for like a month. I really like my inventory to move faster if possible. Yeah. So that might be why. Oh, and I love fast moving inventory. Don't get me wrong, but I like having those ASINs that sell. And yeah, you're not waiting long enough. I wait about a month. So the basic okay. strategy for those who don't know, you can go to podcast episode 554, like I said, but it's basically you find fast moving ASINs. And for me, that means at least 30 to 40 drops a month on Keepa. Right. right. You don't know what Keepa is? Go listen to podcast episode 369. But once you found that fast-moving ASIN, then you just grab a price that's profitable to you and you wait. You wait a month. And okay. you, you're not going to find fast movers that way. You know, none of my above-the-buy box ASINs are what I would call fast movers. But I'm selling three, five, maybe 10 a month. And I'm happy to do it. Easy to restock, a very nice pace. It never shows up in any tool. The people stocking my storefront would go like, that's crazy. Who would ever pay that price for that item? I think that's ridiculous, right? So there's really, it's, it's just, it's like this fresh air well above where everyone else is playing. And it's so yeah. ridiculously wide open. There's literally millions of ASINs right now. But my worst case scenario, and this is the only caveat when you're doing this, is you got to make sure that the typical buy box, the typical recent buy box represents a break-even price for you. So if you've waited not just a week, but you've waited a it month and nothing's happened, just go get your money back. Mm -hmm. Drop the price, get your money back. It's a fast moving ace and why it's going to be easy to move it at about buy box price. Okay. So that's, yeah. the, and, and that's, not, that's one of multiple strategies. Now I'm not trying to talk anybody and going exclusively into that, but we do a lot of it and I love seeing it. I love it. That's so cool. I mean, yeah, if that's your strategy, I can see how that works. I, I didn't know that you have to wait a good amount of time, which makes sense why it hasn't worked for me. I, I'm not that patient. So uh, yeah. maybe I'll give it a shot with a few listings. Yeah. And I don't put all your eggs in that basket, but there's no reason not to. Pretty much when when I find a fast moving ASIN and the buy box represents break even, I'm jumping on it. A lot of people mm -hmm. say buy box has to represent profit. I'm saying no, buy box represents break even. I'm on it. Yeah. 100%. That just opens up, like I said, not just millions, but probably more like tens of millions of ASINs. <laughs> that are worth. I mean, it just makes this thing so wide open, right? But for people yeah. who want to see early wins and see profits, and you know they're not playing the numbers game yet, they're just looking for winners, and they only want winners. Yeah, I can see where it, it doesn't have quite the appeal of you know turning 
$10 into stuff that's selling $50 at buy box level. I get it. I love those too. They're just a little harder to find. They are. And I've, I've found that it, there's so many listings out there that you can sell break even. In fact, I would say the majority of the ones I've ever sourced, you can sell for break even because people have to be able to make up for those Amazon fees. And so they price accordingly. Mm-hmm. The problem is, and not the problem, the challenge of what we're doing here is finding those listings that that little, maybe it's a couple dollars, but that spacing in between those fees and the pricing, that profit margin, the hard part is finding that at a good spot, 15 to 25%. That's what the challenge is. And uh, I have no problem finding ASINs that you can sell for break even or a little bit above, even maybe 10%. But when you get into 15 to 25%, especially when a listing gets more popular and you might have to be patient before the price comes back up. That's where I'm finding my kind of uh, challenge to be. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I, I would say test and, and what you're going to discover is you'll find some of those above buy box listings, as I call them, like you don't have to drop the price very, very far. And then they do become pretty good sellers for you still well above buy box, but it's just, mm-hmm. if, if it's a fast moving ace and, it, it just makes sense when you think through Amazon is 170 warehouses. It's not one big shopping center that everyone's going to looking for price sensitive deals. It's yeah. 170 warehouses and millions of people who aren't price sensitive shopping. So the buy box is going to be different, in different parts of the country. There's opportunity right. there for sure. So yeah, just a, a chance to kind of expand your horizons a little bit on, on what you test, knowing your worst case scenario is again, drop to buy box, break even, but you're going to find some winners where, uh, you don't have to drop all the way down to break even to get them moving right. really well. And that's going to open up new niches, new brands, you know, plenty of people doing this at seven figures using these kind of strategies. So this, yeah, this stuff absolutely works, including your friend that that brought you into this. Like the last time I talked yeah. to him, he's got a very robust business rocking and, and uh, yeah, the stuff works for sure, but you're still in such the early stages and doing great by the way, based on everything I've heard. So I wouldn't mind diving a little bit more into the specifics of, of kind of how your business yeah. is going. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, my typical, can I talk a little bit about like my typical day of what I do? Yeah, for sure. Like what's your routine? Because you're still working full time, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So what I did was when I shifted from my old job, at first I sat down with my wife and I said, can we financially make this decision for me to get part-time work somewhere else and then pursue Amazon full-time? So we did the math. She's working right now, probably until she has the baby. But until then, it, it's great. We're good to go. And so I got part-time work at a coffee shop. And then I'm doing about 15 to 20 hours a week there. Getting paid a little bit less than what I expected, but it's okay. It makes my back up against the wall a little bit more. And I like that. Challenges me. And so, like I said, I've been using that nest egg from the Pokemon card business to fuel buying all my inventory. Um, one thing I've seen in the Facebook group a lot is that people can either start off really, really fast because they have a ton of money to spend, ton of cash to spend on inventory. And then they post these big numbers or there's like the little guy that's going, how did they do that? And what I quickly figured out is your spend is directly tied to your revenue. Yes. Um, And so you're not going to make $20,000 in a month if you can't spend, you know, six to 10,000 in a month, right? It's just how it works. So I've been really blessed to have the opportunity to scale fast. But just to get a little bit more into the details, so a typical day for me, I've kind of gotten my process down. I was packing everything by myself, and it was taking me like four days to send out a big shipment. So I started hiring friends from my church 
people have been just so willing and able to help. So what I've been doing is just paying them to come over for four to five hours. And we send out like a 300 to 400 unit shipment, probably I would say once every five to six days is when I get them out. So that's been kind of my packing process. It's very easy to learn. So it's easy for people to come in, you know, get some cash throughout the week whenever they need it. It's fun because we get to talk, listen to music, hang out in my living room. So that's been really fun. And then that's fantastic. Far- I, I love that organic, just surround yourself with friends, figure it out in your own living room kind of appeal of this business. You really can. Yeah. There's there's no one set way that everybody has to do this. I've heard so many different ideas. Yeah, some friends from church come over once a week, and they'll buy some pizza, have some fun, play some music, prep, pay them a few bucks. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, and, and you're building a very viable business this way off of very basic strategies. I just, I love yeah. the different creative ways people do this business. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I've had so much fun with it. And um, I can't wait to get to a point, Lord willing, where I can have them teach other people and build up a real team and not just a makeshift. You know, I'm helping them out. I wanted to get to a point where I'm doing computer work all day and they're doing the physical work. But that being a bridge is right now for my sourcing side of things and all the computer work that that entails. My typical process now, and this is something I actually really wanted to share on the podcast. I want to share like my sourcing strategy, because like I said, I think that's one of the most valuable tools. And what I was looking for in, in finding a sourcing strategy is something that I can do time and time again and find at least a few ASINs when doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So well, as I took the advanced sourcing using Keepa course in the in the proven Amazon course, and I took some of those strategies such as filtering by brand, filtering by category, those kinds of things, as well as filtering based on how many Keepa drops there are, how many sellers there are, those kinds of um, specifics. And I've narrowed it down to an exact template that I use every single time. So typically my sourcing day will look something like this. I'll sit down and I'll either have a storefront I'm stocking, an old listing that I've I've been on for a while, or maybe even a leads list because I bought one of those one time. And I'll take the product and what I'll do is I'll plug it into the uh, pro, uh, Keep a Product Finder, I think it's called. Keep yeah, a that's Product it. Finder. Mm-hmm. Yes. And my spe- my specific ramifications are average 30-day sell price for FBA and buy box is minimum $20. I have, I think I'll start at 20 Keepa drops minimum and work my way up. And then I usually put minimum two sellers to make sure it's not Amazon or private label. That's and smart. then the final step every time is just plug the brand name into the brand section. Mm-hmm. And if you want, you can turn off variations, you know, you can get more specific where you want, but that has been so effective because what it's allowed me to do is say, I've already sourced that brand completely. So every single time I see a product in the store, every time I see a product in someone's storefront, I don't have to go, Oh, did I miss that one? Or maybe mm-hmm. this is one I haven't looked at yet. I'm like, no, I've already sourced that entire brand using the, you know, ramifications that I wanted. The only so trick I'd make happening. is revisit those brands every, you know, several few months or so because new products come out, right? Constantly being mm-hmm. introduced onto the platform. But yeah, very solid system. And I would say, you know, one of dozens of strategies you could use, but that's a solid one. What kind of results are you getting? Let's say you spend a few hours yeah. 
in a session? What what results are you typically getting? How many test worthy ASINs? Absolutely. So when I first started in October, I would sit down to source and sometimes get four, sometimes get zero. And by the time I started getting to this method, and I want to say late November, it was like clockwork, like at least three ASINs, usually six per session. And a lot of times, you know, there'll be brands and I'll put their brand name in and it'll kick back like three ASINs. And I'm just like, all right, well, I don't need to look at the rest of their products. But sometimes like today I was looking at a, a supplement company that's in every CVS, every Target, and it sent back 115. So then I had to, you know, start narrowing down. But depending on the day, I want to say anywhere from three to seven listings I find a day. So that are worth testing with a buy box that represents at least a decent profit for you at a price that you can source the product. This isn't even talking about. I should specify that for me, my minimum profit margin on a sale is 16% because I, I had a lot of products early on that I had a much lower requirement and I ended up selling for 8% profit margin, which is just Mm -hmm. way too thin. Sure. So when I say three to seven, I'm talking probably 15 to 16% minimum that I think I can sell at. Right. Net margin? Or right. So uh, net margin, because yeah, when I first started this course, I, I mixed them up in my head. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, oh, 25% ROI, that's fantastic. And then I realized a month in, I was like, wait, that's like sometimes like 10% profit margin, 8%. That's not good enough for me. Yeah. So. Yeah, aiming for that 15% net margin, which is going to be 30, 40% ROI in a lot of cases, you know, as a general rule, something like that. Yeah, good minimums. We like to tell people, you know, I I like to tell new sellers, especially like try to get $5 profit (laughs) rather than getting tangled up in all the math. After all expenses, if you can make five bucks, you're finding winners that are worth testing. Because remember, this is a game of scaling. It's not a magic finding. It's not a matter of finding the one magic product that's going to make you rich. That's not the skill set we're teaching you right now. Right. It's right. finding a bunch of products that make you a few dollars a month and then restocking them as they sell. That's the replens model. And those ASINs are everywhere. They they mm-hmm. just are. And you've you've revealed a great system that people can go out and duplicate and find a good steady number of them for themselves. So yeah, you're you're doing really well. So what what are some of the uh numbers that you're putting up? What's what's it looking like? Yeah, good question. I so the other day I had a really exciting day. There's a a product that's been a bit of a unicorn this season. Not something that I could probably replenish year round, but if I can flip my cash, I'll do it. And so that one just got checked in and I sold out and I had almost a $2,000 day the other day. And then earlier this week had a $1.2,000 day. So my numbers are a little... (laughs) are a little uh, blown up because that's not my usual week by week numbers, right? So they're a little high right now. I'm not complaining. Yeah, but... you'll always find those. I mean, that's the beauty of this, you know, the Pareto principle, right? If if you're finding enough ASINs, one out of every 20 or 30 is going to surprise you in a very positive way. And if you're minimizing the risk on the rest of them, you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, they're paying, the, they're paying the bills. The center of the bell curve kind of pays the bills keeps the machine running 10, 15% net margin. Okay. That's good. And then you got these unicorns over here popping up on every 50 or so ASINs. Yeah. Like, Whoa, ride that yeah. train. This is awesome. Right. And those are yeah. the, you know, 40% net margin 
sell as soon as we can get our hands on them. You know, people, this is where you hear the stories. People like going to 15 Walmarts and calling their friends in every state, clear the shelves yes. now. Right. Like, yeah. so those are out there. What it was pretty much that it, same. It's kind of like panning for gold. And every once in a while you get that three ounce nugget. Most of them are little chips and you got to like, you know, collect your chips, little tiny flakes, but then you get these nuggets yeah. like, okay, that's awesome. That's the business, man. So, uh, you know, yeah. say it's not typical, it's but that's, what's going to keep happening. Hey, we'll get back to the episode in just a moment, but I want to tell you about today's sponsor. If you are an Amazon seller who has more than just a handful of listings on Amazon, I can almost guarantee you that Amazon owes you money that you don't even know you're owed. There's all kinds of little reimbursements and rebates and refunds that Amazon owes you that unless you're actively going in and tracking them down, you are not getting all the money that you have coming to you. And today's sponsor does that for you. They only get paid if you get paid. And their first $400 of reimbursements are completely free. They don't charge you anything. They just prove that they're good at what they do. They're Amazon approved. They've been doing this a long time. They're a great friend of our community. Many sellers in our community use them. The company is Gitada. And I'm going to give you a link. Write this down. SilentGym.com slash reimburse. That link gets you the special offer that they have for our community. SilentGym.com slash reimburse. Be sure to tell them that I sent you and you will enjoy the benefits of having someone else finding all the money that Amazon owes you. Go check them out now. Let's get back to the episode. Most of them are little chips and you got to like, you know, collect your chips, little tiny flakes, but then you get these nuggets yeah. like, okay, that's awesome. That's the business, man. So, uh, you know, yeah. say it's not typical, it's but that's what's going to keep happening. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Because part of me was like, I've listened to a lot of these podcasts and part of me was like, ah, like, I don't even know if I should feel excited about this because it's like, I'd much rather have a, you know, a book of business that's consistently pulling in a few dollars here and there, whatever, than have these crazy unicorn products. But at the same time, I mean, you got to take the opportunity where you have it, which you say all the 100%. time. Yes. Seasonal yeah. products, you know, unicorn products. So all that to say, I, my first real month was November. And I would say that was the first month my inventory was like actually available for sale fully. I had a lot of bad ASINs. I had a lot of losers. That's just part of starting off. I think I did 8,000 and then November, uh, I'm sorry, that was November. And then December was when, you know, some of my more quality ASINs started becoming available. I started getting the hang of things. And because of that big day, I hit uh, 15,000 for December. Nice job. Um, and 15,000, so your second real full month of having your stuff yeah. available for sale. Here we are early January. So mm -hmm. you really just had two full months of kind of riding the, you're all, you know, your business is up and running now. So that, that's an incredible yeah. ramp up, man. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate well done. It. I mean, that, that, there's a lot of hard work that goes into that and running a profitable business that quickly. It's just such a rare thing. I've been in e-commerce for well over 20 years. I've been entrepreneurial at heart for 30 plus years. The number of people who say a couple months in, yeah, this is working on a new business idea. I mean, it's just, oh, it's, it's so rare, which is why we're so excited about this model because we get to see stories like yours. It's not like you can just like write your future now, you're financially free, but the trajectory is there. Proof right. of concept right. is there. You've got a, a teachable heart. You're humble about it. You're willing to learn. You know, there's a lot more for you to learn. You got some great mentors. You're going to do great, man. I'm super excited for you. Yeah. Just two months in, that's all the evidence we need. There's also days 
Well, like today, actually, I, I haven't had that great of a sales day. I've sold like four units. They've been really high dollar, but part of me is like, man, only four units. What's going on? Is it because Q4 is over? I've got all this inventory in. And then I just sit here and I'm like, look back on where you've come from. Like, you know, I don't want to miss where I'm at right now. I, I a month ago was feeling so stressed and frustrated of not even being able to find ASINs consistently. Here I am finding six a day and, and now I'm finding something else to be worried about. It's like, no, I should be grateful for where I'm at and look at the trajectory in the future and not just the numbers today, right? It's like, there's a lot of hope for the future. Let me give you, let me give you some advice on that point because that is the journey, man. And it, it doesn't stop unless you intentionally stop it. That churn of... Yeah, okay, I made it this far, but I think it all ends here because X, Y, Z concerns, you know, worries, frustration, okay. whatever. I, I think it's vital that you begin to journal. I don't know if you're much of a journaling guy, but yeah, because, because it's your business specifically, all these mountains you're looking at right now, you'll just laugh. You'll look back and laugh. And it's not for the benefit of being able to look at the younger you and laugh. That's not the benefit of journaling, although that's a fun byproduct. The nice thing yeah. is when you're older and you think, no, my concerns really are legitimate. Now you can say, okay, I've been wrong literally every single time yeah. all along yeah. about my, my worries and concerns. Or as my dad used to say, like 99% of the stuff you worry about is never going to happen. And we spend so much yes. time obsessing over so it, right? Like, yeah. never mind, yeah. it's not biblical, right? Trust in the right. Lord with all your heart, lean on into your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. Like he's got it. Are you trusting in him? Are you leaning on, on, on the wisdom of the word? Are you acknowledging him and all you're doing? He's got the future path, right? So yeah. why, why are we worried about, but just as a business owner specifically, every mountain you encounter soon becomes a molehill in the rear view mirror. And you'll just find yourself going, man, why was I so worked up? And you'll get the benefit again to repeat myself of saying, I don't need to be worked up right now either. It's going to be yes. okay. There's a hundred paths forward because I'll tell you the true asset you're building here. Isn't a book of ASINs. It's not even the cash in the bank. It's the relationships, right? right. right? It's the knowledge you have, the relationships already two months in. There's 20 directions yeah. you could go forward and most of them would work well. Yeah. Oh, you've said so many good things. I'm so excited. Uh, I just want to say two things. First, this is the age of entrepreneurship if there ever was one, which you you say all the time. But I've heard, I think it's Gary Vee who said like, if you can't be an entrepreneur in this, like in 2023, like you're not going to be able to be an entrepreneur, <laughs> which is a really crude way of saying like the opportunity we have now is amazing, yes. right? Like we have access to the most ridiculously helpful resources, you know, ever. And um, I, I think one thing that's given me a lot of hope too, is like, I love the idea of multiple streams of income and trying different things. In fact, mm -hmm. one of my problems is that I'm always wanting to try too many things at once. Sure. You know, I've got to focus on something and really drill it down. Like you've taught first. But um, one thing that really excites me is like, I think about how I'm doing and I say, even if I kept this pace and never grew anymore, and I, and I got to try X, Y, Z, I got to try Amazon influencers, I got to try this or that, you know, and even if it was mildly successful, I would be able in a very short amount of time to build up a solid stream of income. And it's just like the opportunities in this community and on the internet are just endless. And so, right. you know, we should take full advantage of them.
Yeah. Um, it's it, yeah. as long as you once you have the proper perspective and mindset about what's available to you, the sky is truly the limit. We are so blessed. And I, I say it all the time. Maybe someone hasn't heard me say it before, but we live in the best time in all of human history to launch and grow multiple streams of income. There's never been yep. anything close to this in recorded human no. history. You can no. launch a business yeah. today and start getting rewards from that effort tomorrow. Yeah. Right. I mean, I have, yeah, I have people just, just to drop this example out there, right? Sometimes people are freaked out by their current circumstances thinking they don't have options. I don't have money, I don't have time, whatever. Okay, just let your neighbors know I'm selling online now. If you have anything you want to sell, I'll sell it, split the money with you. Your phone will be oh, ringing yeah. like crazy. That's a $100,000 a year business model I just described, net profit. <laughs> if you're willing to hustle. Yeah, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. I had a friend of my dad's, uh, she knew that I was selling Pokemon cards and she just rung, rung my dad up and was like, I have all this old vintage star Wars stuff in our basement. You know, can he sell it? I'll let him keep 20%. And I said, vintage star Wars, that's going to be a nice chunk of change. And I got hundreds of dollars for doing it. Just, I, I literally just like called some collectible stores in the areas, told them the exact condition. So yeah, the opportunities are endless. And, you know, especially the age we're in right now, and I'm not looking to distract anybody off of the models that we teach here. I'm trying to help people get some cash in the bank if they're struggling. Because once right. you've got that, now you want to build streams of income. The beautiful thing about a stream is it flows whether you're working or not. I want you to build yeah. systems, right? Like Kang, podcast episode 754, $3 million system. $3 million a year sale. He doesn't do anything except swipe down to reset his stats when he feels like it. Sometimes he'll go a couple of weeks <laughs> at a time without doing that, right? Like he's got a couple people in the warehouse, a couple of virtual assistants, software that's going to be available to everybody soon. That's it. So I want you that's building good. streams because it's a hustle, what I just described. Saying, hey, you got anything mm -hmm. to sell? I'll come by and pick it up. I'll take some pictures. I'll sell it. I'll flip it. We made a hundred bucks. I give you 50. There's a lot of moving parts there. You're not building a system that you can... Yep sell some day to someone else. You want to be able to build like systems. That's how you get multiple income streams. You got to have a system mentality. But if you're hard up Absolutely. for cash, you're willing to hustle. Yeah, there's opportunity everywhere and it doesn't cost you anything to get rolling. So yeah, the future is right. And there's why anybody has a real job. I don't know, man. I just don't know anymore. I couldn't do it. I think so much of it. And this was the second thing I was going to talk on. So I'm glad you brought that up. Is like, I think so much of it is the fear of what's going to happen if I don't have a stable nine to five. Now, I don't want to knock people who have those because it is absolutely, either. we need nine to fivers. I know you agree with me, Yep. but part of that mentality is like, if you are entrepreneurial at heart, if you want to get outside the box and you think, Hey, I've really got what it takes to build something, right? Something long-term you have that drive and you're willing to adapt and learn. Now, now's the time because sitting in your nine to five, the longer you sit there, the longer you kind of start to think, oh, I might as well just stay. And you start building up the list of things that are you're scared of, right? Financially, be smart. Obviously, that's important. But for me, when I sat down and did the finances and saw that, hey, if I bust my butt, we could get this going within a few months. Like, it was a no brainer. And the only thing holding me back was that fear of, I guess, stability, but um, also the the love of comfort and money that I think plagues so many people's hearts in the American culture. And that's, that's something I found freedom from through Christ and through having a relationship with Jesus, because 
He was free from the love of money. He taught to be to not be worried about, to trust our Heavenly Father to provide our needs if we're concerned with Him and His righteousness first and foremost. And so for me, those two things combined, and it was like, I don't have to be held down by money. Money is not my master. God is. And at the same time, I have this drive and I'm going to put in the work. So yeah, it's like, that's I, that I'm stewardship. Not yeah. I love, yeah. The, I love the topic of stewardship. You know, it's, yes, it's, it's growing the territory that belongs to another and returning it to them upon request. None of this is mine. Yeah. It's a great no. perspective to have. It allows you to have a great deal of peace. So and anytime you start to get nervous about the moving parts, you can remember none of this is mine. I'm the manager. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it to the owner. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. I got a problem here, right? It's not. It's not yeah. me that's on trial here. It's you know his business, and you can rest in yeah. that and you can enjoy it. But at the same time, just being flat out motivated and energized and driven to expand that territory, take new territory for the kingdom. It's yeah. a great balance, man. It's such a it's such a fun journey. I, I appreciate what what it is yeah. you're sharing. But yes, yeah, and, and I just want to echo your sentiment to people who are doing what it takes to get the bills paid and they're going to a job maybe they don't like. We're in your corner, man. And I, I say this, right. I've become fond of saying this, Evan, everybody's entrepreneurial, everyone, unless you're just sitting at home doing nothing. If, if you're getting paid, you're an entrepreneur. It's just a matter of how many customers you have, right? I like that. Some people have one it's customer. Fun, yeah. It's the person that writes their paycheck. That's your customer. <laughs> right? You may think, no, yeah. no, I work at, I work, you know, like you work at a coffee shop. You're like, no, those customers coming in, those are my customers. No, those aren't your customers. Those aren't your customers, Evan. That's the business owner's customer, Right. Right. Your one right. customer when you go to your coffee shop job is the guy writing the paycheck, the lady writing the check. Yeah. That's your customer. You keep her happy, the checks keep coming. She doesn't like your services, the checks stop, right? So instead of having one customer, why not have 10, 20, 50, 1,000, 10,000, 100,000 customers building a system that serves those customers? That's the only choice you got to make. How many customers do you want? Because right? yeah, you're going to serve with that. excellence wherever you are as with an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's such a good perspective. Like you, you truly are your only customer is your boss, the one who's writing you the paycheck. Whereas with this, it's like God willing, you're touching people's lives by providing a valuable source. And you know what you said about stewardship is so valuable, especially to those who may not be Christians. Like the freedom that you have as a servant of God, it's unbelievable because it's like you could have the exact same numbers as someone who doesn't. Uh, who isn't a Christian, who isn't following Christ, but the the freedom you have is so much greater because you are a servant of a perfect master. You're a servant of someone who literally ordains and teaches you how to live freely and to live, you know, resting in who he is, not in your numbers, not in your results. And I think with, with that, I don't know how I do it without a relationship with God. I, I just don't think I'd have any hope, but it's like you said, because God is so good to me, has blessed me so abundantly in his son. It's like, I just want to work as hard as possible at this because it's all for him. Yeah. It's a, so it's a love, love response. That. Yeah. Right. For that yes. terminology, it's a love response. It's kind of the difference between having your kids obey you because they're afraid of the beating they're going to get if they don't versus yes. kids obeying you yes. because they just think you're awesome and they respect and admire yeah. and appreciate what you've done. Right. Like that's the goal of parenting. It's like people say, are your kids obedient? Well, what kind of obedience do you have? Do you have them like completely afraid you're going to, you know, <laughs> knock them out if they don't, if they disobey? Well, that's a different kind of psychological issue you're building into the problems there. Are you saying, 
you know, and I, I'd like to think, and this is kind of what we have in our family. We've, we've raised our kids and the, you know, I love their mom and she loved me. And that's a firm foundation for a beautiful family. And we've got the homeschool and entrepreneurship all through our household and kids love each other and they love us. And it's just a beautiful thing. I see a lot of families struggle and I'm not saying it's because we parented that it turned out right. There's rebellion in the heart of every person, but man, we, we've seen this play out, man, the love response thing where uh, it's just so much better. We call it winning the heart of the child. And that's a lot of what this walk is too. And, you know, this isn't a religious or Christian based podcast, although sometimes people, people will come up to me and say, you know, especially Christians sometimes say, Jim, I love how you integrate biblical truths into your podcast. How do you do that? Like, I don't know how to do what I do without that foundation. Other people have different foundations and I'm curious and interested to hear about those foundations and study them and learn from them and how they apply those foundations to their life. My foundation is this 2000 year old longitudinal study of human behavior called the Bible, the word of God, man. And it's such a, even if you're atheist or have a completely different worldview, you're crazy to ignore the, you know, the Bible has twice as much to say about money and business as it does love and prayer combined. I mean, it is a guidebook for how to conduct your affairs if you want to make more money, (laughs) even if you don't believe the other ideas. But you start start piecing together these concepts and it's it's very liberating, isn't it? To just kind of see, and I would encourage even someone who's not a Christian, see your business as territory that belongs to another and you're charged with expanding it. It's just such a freeing thing to see it through that lens. Yeah. I think another way of putting that idea you just said is like, you came into this world with nothing and you'll go out of it with nothing. That's right. right? It's going to be someone else's someday anyway. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. (laughs) Where's your treasure, right? So if your treasure is something that's, you're not going to take with you, that that's foolish. Put it in some, someone who will last forever. Right. So anyway, yeah, I don't don't want to get too much off course, but I love the ideas you're putting out there. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I've learned from some great mentors, you know, my my father and uh, Rabbi Daniel Lapp, and actually a good segue there. He's going to be our keynote speaker. You know, he's, he's not a Christian, okay. he's Jewish, but he understands the Old Testament, right. the, the Hebrew language, and the lessons from the Bible that apply to money and business better than any any Christian preacher I've ever heard, which is why I just rant about this dude. He is good, man. Yeah. Uh, here's I'm holding up his awesome. book for those who can't see it. I'm talking about business secrets from the Bible. If you're listening today, it's by Rabbi Daniel Lappin, business secrets from the Bible. He's going to be our keynote speaker in May at our conference. The The website, it's three words. If you want to go get information about it, theprovenconference.com is the website. But it sounds like Evan, you're going to make plans hopefully to be there based on our conversation Absolutely. before the call. Do your best. Yeah, now my schedule is free to do this. So (laughs) awesome, man. Yeah, you're gonna absolutely love it. It's gonna be about 700 of us from the community is our estimate right now that are doing the models we teach. Great keynote speaker, my favorite living author is what I call this guy. I've become a good friend with him as well, and it's gonna be a great event. 40 breakout sessions, probably more than that at this point. We've got all kinds of great topics popping up. So yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be super thrilled that you came to this thing, man. It's gonna be a good time. I can't wait. And I love what you said about it's mostly about the 3 a.m. conversations in the hallway you'll have. I I love that idea of just like all the people you're going to get to meet that have these different backgrounds and ideas. Yeah, it's inevitable. We've done 12 of these now. And I can tell you the first after the first few, I put so much time, effort and energy and we still do into the topics and who's presenting and what we bring as far as from the content perspective. We're better at it than we've ever been. But a long time ago, I stopped taking it personally when after the event, people would fill out the surveys and say, yeah, the content was good, but 
man, the conversations in the hallway and the partnerships and the relationships and the accountability and the masterminds, that was the value of this thing for me. I feel like they'll say things like, I feel like I moved my business forward nine months in three days, just from the people I met in the hallway. And I used to think, well, am I failing somehow with not having quality content? <laughs> I take it personally. Like, no, that's not it. The content's great. You can watch it on videos, right? You can check it out later if you miss some sessions. We actually encourage people now. It's like, hey, if you find yourself in a great conversation, instead of going into a session, that's cool. You're going to get the video, have the conversation, get to know the people in the hallway. So you have people, the entire event, like you said, even staying up late. Uh, it's just such a great culture that's been developed here. And abundance culture is something truly special to be a part of where people aren't seeing you as a competitor. They're seeing you as a fellow business building warrior on a similar journey with similar goals. And uh, there's a synergy there. Your success equals my success. That's a powerful community to gather yeah. in person and be a part of. Yeah. That's teamwork, not competition. So it's exactly. a big difference. Yep. Yeah. And you'll notice it. It's palatable there. I got to go to the um, Amazon Accelerate event, which was a great event hosted by Amazon in Seattle here several months ago. And it was kind of a, you had that armed crossed kind of vibe. Like everyone's looking around at everyone like as almost their competitors in a lot of ways. Like you didn't see a lot of that, like hugging, handshake, crying and like, oh, great to see you again type of feel. It was more like, it was very scripted. Every speaker on stage, there was you know, teleprompter, the back of the room, scrolling what they were going to say. And and after they were done, they vanished into the back and you couldn't find them anywhere. Wow. And it's kind of like the opposite of that. You know, I love that event. Thank yeah. you for doing it, Amazon. We appreciate it. But but this is more of the <laughs> hug, handshake community. We're there to support and grow together. And, and it's people doing the business on stage, not the executives. You know, it's people mm -hmm. doing it every day. Yeah. In some Which cases, they've powerful. never been on stage before, but they've got a seven-figure business and they're there to teach us something. Right. So it's a different way to do it, but something, something about it's working. Cause like I said, we've done it 12 years in a row now and people keep coming and they love it. So can't wait to have you part of it. Fantastic. Can't wait to be there. What else is on your mind, man? You've shared a great, you've shared a great update today. Some great insights, tips. Is there anything else that, that comes to mind that you want to run past people or ask me before we start to wrap this one up? Yeah, that's good. Um, I think I really only have one question for where I'm at with my business right now. Um, sure. And honestly, it's probably a little bit of a tougher question, but you're pretty seasoned. So I'm sure you have something. I'm wondering, like, how can I improve my profit margin even a few percent? Because I've done the math and the difference between making 18% and, you know, let's say 22% is huge once you've scaled. You know, I have my tax reseller exemption form, so I'm working all year to make sure I get my tax back. I'm trying to list on only fast-moving ASINs, and I'm trying to list around 15 to 16% as my lows, as my minimums. Um, but besides that, I don't have too many strategies for improving profit margin. So do well, you have any tips on maybe how to absolutely. improve? Absolutely, and it's an ongoing journey. You know, with if, if let's yeah. say we had a panel of three or four of our coaches on the on the call with us today and we post that same question and you gave us each, you know, five minutes to answer. We could each come up with three, four, five, ten <laughs> little, just little tweaks to the system. And and I I almost envision it as, you know, plugging the little holes in the bottom of the bathtub kind of thing. As entrepreneurs, a lot of times we're focused on throwing more hoses in the bathtub, filling it up as fast as we can, and little leaks develop underneath. And we're not as interested in crawling underneath and, you know, plugging those little pinholes 
that are working against us. All we see is the water levels rise and I'm happy. Well, the question you've asked is kind of like, how do I crawl under the bathtub and plug some of those holes? Yeah. And I'm noticing and yeah. I think I could feel yeah. it faster. Right. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, my personality type, I'm more of the, I could tell you 20 ways to throw more hoses in the bathtub. I'm not the guy to crawl under and plug the little leaks. I'm just not there personality yeah. wise, but I have been around a while. Like you said, I've seen a few things. Typically it's the tools you aren't using, the services, the recurring billing services that you've signed up for that you're just not using. Those are the things that really add up on you. Um, and okay. one of the things around here is you make your money when you choose your inventory, meaning the better you get at picking inventory and the pickier yeah. you get and the less you eliminate the duds and the more you double down on the ones that are performing, which requires knowing your numbers. Right. Because one of the right. things psychologically that'll start to happen to you is you'll get more excited about the ones that are moving fast, even if they're not making you that much money. Yeah. And you will the ones that are moving slow and making you money, <laughs> right? To yeah, psychologically, the activity, the dopamine of activity kind of kicks in and suddenly we become very irrational creatures, which is a lot of yes. why I like that above the buy box strategy. You know, there's none sure. of my ASINs that I'm using for that strategy are things that are selling, you know, numerous times every day. None of them. But if I look at a month and I step back and I look at the numbers, man, those are some high performing, high margin products that yeah. it's just boring. Yeah. Like time to go buy two more saucepans. Yay. How exciting is that? Because we sell yeah. two a month, right? And we sold two last month and we sold two far so, so far this month. So time to go buy two more saucepans. Like there's nothing exciting about that. But okay, we're making $22 a sale on this thing, right? There's no way to speed it up because if we try to speed it up, that means dropping the price to buy box. Now we're making $2 a sale and we're selling 10 a day. I don't want to do that. I like the pace. So minding your pace, knowing your numbers. One of the the tools that really helps you know your numbers is the uh, seller board. If you go to silentgym.com slash numbers, it's about 15 bucks a month. But it's going to really show you on an ASIN to ASIN basis, which ones are making you money and which ones are just kind of a dopamine hit. They're moving fast, but not much happening. So you eliminate. Is that to Replan dashboard at all? Uh, no. Seller board is a separate company, separate tool. They love our community. We've sent them a whole bunch of users. And okay. it just helps you break your business down ASIN to ASIN. So you really know what are my top ASINs from the perspective of not the ones I'm most excited about or have the best feeling or get emotionally, you know, attached to because it it means so much to me, but no, which ones are making me money? What are my top 10? What are my top 20? Which ones do I really want to keep an eye on? Which ones are underperforming that I'm just kind of psychologically, you know, excited about, but it's not really rational that I have this attachment to this ASIN. It's making me after, you know, all that work, I'm making a bucket unit. Thought I was making yeah. more. Like it really breaks down all the fees and it pulls all the emotion out of it. Um, which, you know, there's one of the Hebrew concepts that I love from Daniel Appen is part of wisdom. It's understood in the Hebrew culture biblically is knowing the numbers. You can't apply wisdom to a situation until you know the numbers at a deep way. You know, all the fact number numerical factors of the situation. If there's numbers involved, you know all of them. Now you can act with wisdom. Right. So that's a big part of it. Um eliminating the duds, focusing in on the, the, the high performers. And the other thing I'd say is it won't be that long with the trajectory you're on to where you start getting into some branded bundles and you can do very well with those, man. Uh, if those you have some of your fast moving ASINs, you add a, 
value add product. You have to get trademarked, brand registered, all that. We go into all of that in the Proven Branded Bundles course, which within a few weeks will be a module inside the Proven Amazon course. We launched it separate, but it's rolling in very soon. So it'll just be another benefit that you get as a Proven Amazon course student. But how to add a value add item into popular, fast moving products that you're already approved to sell, creating a unique bundle. No one can compete with you on that. Margins on those are going to be very attractive. So we've got some people in our community doing just a handful of branded bundles and building businesses that replace, you know, 300 replenations, right? With just a handful yeah. of branded bundles as far as the net margin. So now it's more of a repetitive system they've built. But right. we really like yeah. to see people start like you did, Evan. We want you to start with replens. We want me to have an understanding and appreciation, choosing good inventory, kind of feeling the pain of your bad choices a little bit, enjoying the the thrill of the good choices. This process you're going through will serve you very well. And again, like I said, that's just four or five quick off the top of my head ideas. Um, yeah. Another good one, you, you need a good accountant because they will pay for themselves more than pay okay. for themselves. The deductions okay. that you'll, you wouldn't have thought of and the, the, the ways that, you know, it's time to, it's time to put your money over here, you know, kind of almost operating into, you know, until you're at a level where you can have a, a CFO, a good accountant kind of fills that gap and they're going to be valuable for you. And we've got a service at Humminbird, which serves our community, which is really good. You know, find a good local guy too, if you prefer someone with some e-commerce experience, preferably, but any good accountant's going to give you some good basic advice. Um, but uh, yeah. that's a I good way to that, get a few points of margin too, a good accountant. Absolutely. I, I've actually used the accountant that my my dad, my family uses in the past. And it's great because you just send them a spreadsheet with everything on it. Here's everything that you can deduct, you know, and they just take care of it all for a one-time fee, which is yeah. very helpful. But I appreciate yeah. all that. I've um, I've been around nineteen to twenty percent margin um, total since I've started. Um, I really haven't had any losers. I've had some, maybe two that I sold for a loss and a, a good amount of break-even ones. But overall, sitting around nineteen to twenty, and I want to keep it up because I know that that's before my subscriptions and that's before you know packing supplies. I factor those in when I when I make a decision, but I just want to make sure that it's solid so that at the end of the year there's no surprises. Yeah. And a good account's gonna help you keep an eye on that as you as your year goes on. It's not a once a year thing. It's uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's profit and loss and really knowing your numbers. Like I said, I think you'll really enjoy getting into seller board. If I recall, it's like 15 bucks a month. That's it. And it's not hard to set okay. up. You just kind of turn it on, give it access to your account, and it spits out some pretty eye-popping information pretty fast. It's okay. silentgym.com slash numbers is how you get that, silentgym.com slash numbers. I'll stick a link in the show notes for the listeners to say who might be interested in that as well. But they'll be at our conference as well uh, as as sponsors, if I recall. Awesome. Yeah, I it sounds like a great software. I've used Replen Dashboard since I started, and I've loved it because it's it's got the ROI, the margin. You can plug in your... Um, average shipping per unit as well helps you stay organized. I've loved it, but I'm I'm gonna check out Selleramp because uh, I yeah I haven't heard of that. Sellerboard, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Sellerboard. <laughs> I'm getting right. them mixed up. Right. And you'll see, you know, we all end up kind of with these Frankenstein software systems. And that's what I talk about. You know, making sure that you really revisit, you know, every couple of months or so, and just look. Okay, what are the tools I'm paying for? How much am I using? It does are these features provided somewhere else? 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, just you don't want to overpay. That's that'll that'll eat up your margin for sure. Getting too many tools. Yeah. And, and you mentioned yeah. buy lists. We don't use any buy lists. If you do, keep an eye on that. Yeah. Um, are I, you still subscribed to any? No, I, so I actually think that was one of my best investments ever, but for a reason, not, not because of the reason you guys may think I, I spent a hundred dollars on like one month uh, of a list because I was finding, I was sourcing the same stores. I was only looking at target Walmart, not really knowing how to get outside the box with OA. And I bought one month of a lead list and it just totally opened my mind and all of my opportunities because I started to see oh, I can order from a brand's website. I can order from this website I've never heard of. Right. And that just totally opened my mind. We and call then it I bunny trailing. It. Yeah, it's a it's a good bunny trail tool for sure. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say, if you know, we'll find a lot of people like, yeah, I've been paying a hundred bucks a month for this lead list. And I just, yeah, I don't want to really look at it anymore. Like, yeah, the, you want to eliminate those kind of extent. That's plugging the leaks in the bottom of the bathtub, right? It's looking for yeah, those kind definitely. of things. Like I'm not even using it. And uh, buy lists in general, we're just not fans of because it's basically, we call it the... Uh, the early, what we call the early warning list of ASINs that are going to tank next month, basically, is all it is. Because <laughs> everyone's going to jump yeah. on it. It's, you know, anyone who yeah. has a lazy approach to their business, like, send me the lead list so I can go buy all this stuff so I can sell it at the same time as everybody else on the lead list. It just, yeah. it's a bad model. But if you use it to bunny trail and find new sites and kind of spin and riff off of the stuff that you see, and, and maybe you get one every six, eight months or so and just kind of check it out and the reasons that you just expressed. That makes some sense yep. for sure. All right, man. Well, that, I think this is a good episode. It's been really good getting to know you, Evan. And what's your wife's name? Uh, Taylor. Taylor, Evan and Taylor. hope to see you guys in Orlando, man. That'd be phenomenal. I think you guys will really enjoy the experience if you're able to make it down there. And congratulations on the new kid coming. Let's see, what what would the, the due date be? It's a nice... It'd be uh, August 14th, I think. August. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So you'll be bringing a, bringing a pregnant wife with you to Orlando, man. That's going to be a great time. Sure. Hope to see you guys there. Well, uh, so let me just talk to the speakers for just a minute, or excuse me, the listeners for just a moment, those who hung out with Evan and I today as we wrap up this episode. If you enjoyed this, I should let you know there's hundreds of episodes. At this point, we've got well over 750 episodes, and the vast majority of them are interviews with students who are using the concepts from the Proven Amazon course to launch and grow beautiful businesses. And that's who we talk to on the show. Every episode has insights and tips and strategies from people who are making it work. That's what you can experience by going back in time, listening to some of our other shows. If you want to be in a Facebook group with about 74,000 of us from around the world who are doing these things all day, every day and helping each other out, there's a link to that and a lot of other stuff at silentgym.com. Jump over there and join our community. Lots of free resources for you, as well as information on our coaching program and proven Amazon course. So thanks for hanging out with us today. It's been great being a part of your day. Hopefully you can join us again for the next episode. God bless all the business building warriors. Thanks to Evan for hanging out with us today as well. And we'll have another great episode for you very soon. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.